This is Global Tennessee, news analysis and commentary from the Tennessee World Affairs Council in Nashville. Global Tennessee is produced in association with the Center for International Business at Belmont University and the International Business Council of the Nashville Area Chamber of Commerce. The World Affairs Council is a nonpartisan, nonprofit educational association, and the views expressed on Global Tennessee are those of the participants. Welcome to our program. We're pleased to be launching the first in a new series of Global Affairs Awareness Programs. This edition of Global Nashville with Carl Dean continues the series of podcasts begun last April, focusing on the issues, traits, and challenges that make Nashville a global place. As people and organizations struggle with the new reality of social distancing, the World Affairs Council has pivoted from in-person community education programs to the use of digital resources to continue our mission of bringing you the world. So we have launched several video-based programs that will continue our mission to promote international awareness, understanding, and connections to enhance the region's global stature and to prepare Tennesseans to thrive in our increasingly complex and connected world. That complex and connected world is being transformed in ways that will be life-changing as a result of the pandemic. The transformation that will reshape Nashville and the world will be a key focus of the programs we will be bringing you. And now I'd like to hand it off to uh, former Mayor Carl Dean. Well, thanks, Pat, and welcome everybody to uh, the new Global Nashville. Today, we're going to tell you about uh, the World Affairs Council, about the programs we're building to keep you connected to global issues, and we'll have a discussion of the events that are shaping developments in Nashville and the elements that will make up the new normal. With me today are several members of the World Affairs Council board, in addition to President Pat Ryan. Here today are Jim Shepard, Chairman of the Council and uh, former president of a company with international reach, Ambassador Dick Bowers, a career diplomat and former U.S. Ambassador to Bolivia, and John Scanapico, an attorney at Baker Donaldson and chair of the firm's global business team. John is an expert on international commercial relationships, especially with the Far East. Here's Jim Shepard to tell us why your World Affairs Council exists and how it carries out the mission of global affairs awareness. Jim. Thank you, Carl. Uh, And welcome everybody to our our first edition. Uh, Hopefully you'll find this very informative and and be able to touch base with us on an ongoing basis into the future. I'd like to begin by uh, just giving a quick overview of the Tennessee World Affairs Council. We are first and foremost a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization. Our mission statement is to promote international awareness, understanding, and connections to enhance the region's global structure and to prepare Tennesseans to thrive in our increasingly complex and connected world. We put that together a a couple of years ago, and I think our, our world today is much more complex than it was then. So the the need to understand what's happening on a global basis is is even stronger today than it's ever been. We have a variety of programs uh, where we try to reach the community as a whole and schools. Uh, Our typical calendar includes in-person programs and we're looking forward to get back to that format. But between now and then, we're going to be operating in a, a virtual environment, and hopefully we'll be able to continue to deliver the quality program you come to expect. 
we, we focus on high school students through two programs principally. One is the Academic World Quest, which is a global affairs competition. It's done across the country, and the winner from uh, Tennessee, in, in our case, then goes to Washington, D.C. for competition with the other uh, World Affairs Council scattered throughout the country. Uh, unfortunately, this year, with the, uh, the timing, it was supposed to be the two weeks from now in, in uh, Washington. That was put on hold or canceled for this year, but we fully expect that to be uh, in place for next year. We also have the Tennessee Global Scholar Certificate Program, which provides for students to gain credits towards a Global Scholar Certificate, uh, which demonstrates their awareness of what's happening throughout the world. And it, it's a good uh, tiebreaker when students are applying for colleges. Uh, during the school year, we offer a monthly seminar program at Belmont University, but it's open to, to all students from all campuses. Uh, in, in there, it's very timely. We, we don't have a uh, uh, agenda set out for the year ahead of time. It, it's more looking at current events. And as those events become significant, we bring together subject matter experts and have a program that is timely and relevant. We also have a international career and jobs panel focused on college age students. Uh, we do one in the spring and one in the fall. And what we're trying to do there is connect college students with professionals who have work experience uh, in a variety of different occupations posted throughout the world. Uh, we have represent former diplomats or current diplomats, business people, Peace Corps volunteers, NGO officials, and many others. And then for the community as a whole, we have a uh, speaker program about once a month. Again, the topic and the speaker is, some, is focused on current events. We don't know what it might be three months from now, but we, we have a very strong network of speakers and experts that are available to us. So as events present themselves, we're able to reach out to the appropriate people and bring them in to share their knowledge with our audience. Uh, our speakers are all individuals with extensive personal knowledge of the topic and are considered to be experts in the field. Uh, we have a lot of foreign ambassadors who are posted to the US that come in and, and share what's happening in their countries with our audience. In addition, we have a weekly quiz that's available to everybody, and it's an online test of, of your knowledge or maybe a reminder of significant global events over the past week. And the winner of the weekly quiz then goes into a drawing for a, a monthly uh, winner, gets the, a book uh, that's timely and focused on global events. And we've recently chartered a young professionals group, which meets monthly to exchange thoughts and ideas and to periodically hear from subject matter experts and engage those experts in one-on-one -on -one discussions. As we mentioned before, and you'll hear a little bit more about it in a little while, we are in the process of converting all of that programming into a digital format in order to continue to provide our members with a high quality programming we've been able to deliver over the past several years. Now, the Tennessee World Affairs Council is affiliated with the World Affairs Councils of America, and that organization serves as a clearinghouse for the work of 95 affiliated councils across the U.S. Through this affiliation, members of Tennessee World Affairs Council have access to additional online programming, including at least two monthly teleconferences involving internationally recognized authors and subject area experts. 
As I mentioned before, uh, Tennessee World Affairs Council is a nonprofit organization. We rely on membership dues and contributions to fund our operations. If you're not currently a member, we certainly urge you to join today. And if you're able to provide a contribution over and above the membership fees to assist us in this transformation to digital programming, we'd be very much appreciative. So please visit our website at tnwac.org for details. Carl? Well, let me add on to that, uh, my reasons for getting involved with the World Affairs Council shortly after I completed my term in office as mayor. Um, I was attracted by the role of the count plays in education for young people on global developments and challenges and how they fit into the world. Uh, given the global pandemic that has halted almost every phase of what we consider normal life, understanding the world and what's to come is even more important than before. Now I'd like to ask Ambassador Dick Bowers to talk about what the World Affairs Council is taking in programs. Dick? Thank you, Carl. Um, we are now in a different world than we were before. There's a pre-COVID-19 world and a post-COVID-19 world. And then there's the one we're in right now, which is we're in the middle of it. So the middle of it means that we should be practicing social distancing and that's what we're all doing. And one of my great new friends has become Zoom. And I'm sure it's one of yours as well. So what we're gonna do is transition from doing our normal programming, which, we, which has brought you wonderful speakers over the years, and we're basically starting three new Zoom webinars. The first of these programs is uh, Global Nashville with Carl Dean, and that's what we're doing right now, and it features our mayor, our former mayor, and talking to community leaders about what's going on in the world and how it affects Nashville and what's going on in Nashville and how it affects the world. The second program, which is being launched for next week, I guess, um, is called Global Dialogue. And this is a follow-on to the World Affairs Council in-person speaker programs where we would bring a speaker in, usually at Belmont University, which is our partner in trying to do Tennessee World Affairs Council stuff. And that host will be Pat Ryan, and he will talk with international affairs specialists on key issues. Of course, up front and center right now is the COVID-19 thing, but that's not just all that's going to be talked about third program that we're going to launch is Pat and me, or me and Pat. Uh, it's going to be a discussion and about what's going on in the world. There will be some focus on COVID-19, but basically it's going to be what else is going on in the world? Why did the Hungarian prime minister take advantage of the pandemic to seize basically dictatorial powers? What's happening everywhere else in the world is, is as we go through this pandemic kind of issue. So that will be on Tuesday evenings with Pat and me. Um, and I think that's about it. So back to you, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there will be other ad hoc programs using the video format. We'll organize our popular international careers and job panel for students and others considering work in global fields. And our young professionals team is organizing their events, including a global trivia competition to be presented to you live online. 
We'll also continue our twice a month teleconferences that connect you with authors and specialists in international issues. So that's what uh, your World Affairs Council is up to. I hope you'll sign up for the newsletter that will keep you up to date and that you consider becoming members. Now shifting gears uh, in our remaining time, let's talk about Nashville. I'd like to ask John to start us off. Among the many community service efforts John is connected with, he is also on the board of the Community Resource Center, one of the key organizations involved in the Super Tuesday tornado relief effort. His work with uh, CRC extends all the way back to the 2010 Nashville floods. John, let's start off with uh, your impressions of what Nashville is going through in response to the COVID uh, pandemic. Sure, uh, th thank you, Mayor Dean, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because in the past, if we think about the flood of 2010, or even, even going back to the tornadoes of 1998, and uh, then the recent tornadoes, they impacted small, not small necessarily, but segments of Nashville. And there were certain populations that were impacted, whereas now with the COVID-19 outbreak, literally all of Nashville is impacted. Um, people losing jobs, businesses having to close, schools being out. I mean, it really, the imp I don't think we've ever seen an impact so significant. Um, and, and I really have to say, I, I think the mayor has done, you know, as, as best a job, I, I think, as, as anyone could in trying to keep us safe, but also providing resources to help impacted businesses and individuals. So, you know, we have the safer at home order um, that was, you know, now several weeks old. I think that is really going to make an impact or help make an impact on our healthcare system and hopefully um, keep that uh, uh, our healthcare system from not being overloaded. And then you have now all of the different resource organizations that have um, really taken a lead. So you have the United Way and their COVID-19 response fund. So that has two components that um, uh, have both individual relief and also nonprofit relief. So individuals who maybe need uh, help with their rent or mortgage, food, utility payments, and there's other financial support can go to their webpage and get directed to different relief organizations there. They also um, have uh, um, an, an opportunity for nonprofits who, who help our greater community um, also apply for um, different uh, program grants that will help them kind of get the resources they need to then help their constituencies in different parts of, uh, of the community. And then Nashville itself has um, their um, job placement services. I think it's visitmusiccity.com and then COVID-19-information is a great resource there. Uh, the Tennessee Talent Exchange uh, Program. So it, 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 it was started by those in the hospitality industry partnering with uh, Tennessee Workforce uh, Development, the Department of Labor and Workforce Development. They've created now an exchange. There's over 185,000 jobs now that are listed. So people are looking for uh, help. And so those that maybe have been displaced in our hospitality uh, community, which as you know, it's one of the four major pillars of our economy here. They, they really, and everybody else now, so even if I'm not in the hospitality, I can use this portal to help find a job. The National Chamber has some resources. And then of course, the Community Resource Center, uh, we were very focused on uh, tornado relief as we are one of the lead agencies now through Metro's response to disasters to collect uh, donated goods and then distribute those goods to those in need. 
will have also now been activated to collect uh, different um, healthcare supplies. So either uh, personal protective equipment and other equipment. So if you have those things, you need that support, go to the uh, Community Resource Center at crcnashville.org if you need tornado, tornado relief or crcnashville.org uh, uh, forward slash COVID, and then there's the uh, COVID-19 response. So I think there's lots of organizations out there that will help you either find food, a job, unemployment assistance, uh, other financial assistance. So I, I think Nashville, but I think you know this from being mayor. I mean, if there's one thing the city is great at, it's really coming together and helping the community um, you know, those who have can, can can do, and those who are in need, I think, have a lot of support. Uh, and that's one thing that I love about this community. Oh, well, thank you. I think, um, I do think uh, Mayor Cooper's doing a very good job, and I do think you're right to identify this, the sense of Nashvilleians looking out for each other, volunteering, um, and, and, and getting through things um, by just sticking together. And, and that's sort of our, our hallmark. Uh, John, you're a specialist on international relations, especially East Asia. Uh, what should we know about the current environment? It's a, a complicated situation, trade, politics, and more. But give us a snapshot of what America is going through, in particular with uh, China. Yeah, sure. So we, we started tracking uh, COVID-19 probably back in early January um, because many of our clients, either being Chinese companies themselves or U.S. companies who do business in China or with China, uh, they were being impacted now by the uh, the increase in number of cases, and um, and and so we what we've seen is when China went on lockdown, it was right around the Chinese uh, New Year, and so most companies who deal with either sourcing products from China or doing business in China know well that's there's a slow period, week or two before, week or two after, so in most cases people had already stocked up on products and also knowing that that's really just a slow time anyway in 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 the market um and, and so i think companies were able to deal with that a lot better because either they had the supply already in stock or in most cases not all cases but in most cases they could source that those products from other other areas of the world what's interesting now is so ch as china now is emerging from uh its lockdown you know, as their cases go, you know, get closer and closer to zero, um, what they're finding is, so maybe they're in business, but, but the rest of the world is not. And so that's really creating uh, some significant issues. China's growth in the first quarter is down negative, you know, 9%. I mean, that's unheard of. Um, and now as they're producing more products, especially in the uh, personal protective equipment area, uh, uh, different COVID-19 diagnostics and equipment, the problem is getting it from China now to the rest of the world because ships have been either taken out of rotation or diverted from China. And so there are not, there are not enough vessels that can take goods from China here, say, to the United States or elsewhere. Uh, the, the, due to the reduction in uh, air travel to and from China, you know, for in, in terms of personal travel, uh, you know, those, those uh, airplanes carry freight. And so as a result of them not going back and forth, your freight capacity has been dramatically, exponentially reduced. So uh, the limited freight that can be airshipped from China, uh, there's, again, significantly limited capacity, and the prices have gone up you know, 200%. So it's, again, very, very difficult to get these supplies that China can produce here to the United States or elsewhere you know, to the rest of the world. 
And so I think you're going to see now some real issues. And then you now you take this where now the rest of the world is experiencing this 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 outbreak to such degrees that they're closing borders. You're seeing now uh, countries adopt uh, export uh, restrictions on healthcare-related products. As of early last week, 54 countries had export restrictions on uh, healthcare-related products that would be used to uh, uh, fight this outbreak. Um, and you've seen uh, cases where countries have denied other countries access to the supplies that they have. Um, and you know, you're seeing that even here in the United States. Uh, my understanding is um, uh, the United States diverted a 3M shipment uh, from Thailand or Malaysia that was supposed to go to Canada, and they diverted that here to the United States. So I'm concerned that because we're not acting in a multilateral sense, you know, we're, we're focused on every man for himself, that it's really going to destroy or really hinder our ability to fight this, pan, this pandemic and also long term maybe sh uh, fray what were already kind of difficult relationships and make them even more difficult and maybe even lose some of these relationships, you know, long term. Thank you. I guess opening this up to the entire panel, in terms of this, this pandemic, I mean, do you think that we have the institutions on a global basis to respond to this sort of crisis? Um, what do we have that needs to be improved or what do we need to create uh, for the future? Well, uh, uh, Mayor Dean, let me uh, jump in. I, I think uh, one of my concerns is that uh, the past couple of years, the United States has uh, gone with this policy, America first, which many interpret to be America alone. And a lot of the institutions that were created after World War II, that uh, frankly, the American uh, system uh, organized and uh, benefited from have been somewhat undermined. These things like the International Monetary Fund, the United Nations, uh, all the agencies under the United Nations, like the, the World Health Organization. Um, there's been a current in American politics that uh, seeks to distance ourselves from those international organizations and our multilateral relationships like organizations like NATO and, and others. But in terms of uh, the the what happens on the other side or even getting from where we are now to the other side of the pandemic. Uh, my concerns would be that uh, the United States uh, not uh, totally give up on the concept of globalization because frankly, building higher walls is not gonna keep us separated from the world. There's gonna be international trade and commerce. Uh, there's gonna be relations uh, with other nations. There's gonna be American interests around the world that we have to protect. So we're gonna to need to look to uh, organizations that exist. And as, as you ask, um, it's important that we identify what organizations may need to be created uh, to deal with uh, threats of um, global pandemics. Although the World Health Organization, the United Nations agencies, uh, they're all in place and ready to respond uh, with American leadership to, uh, to getting the job done, whatever that is. And I think the uh, initial problem is defining what sorts of things the international community needs to address. Ambassador Bowers, maybe you, you can uh, take it from there. Well, I'll jump in and add a, a word or two. I, I think this is the most existential crisis we have faced uh, since the Second World War. The, nothing matches up with it. The difference being right now during the Second World War, once we engaged after Pearl Harbor, 
we became the leader of that effort alongside our allies in Western Europe as well as the Soviet Union. Right now, there's a paucity of leadership from, from the United States. I think the world is desperately would be looking for that kind of leadership, but it's not going to happen given our current political climate. What's going to happen in the long run, I think, is the world is going to become more fractured and fragmented. And this is, going to, this is the beginning of a long term of a real crisis in our world. I am concerned about revolutions and riots and feeding people. We have international institutions are breaking down even worse than they have in the last couple of years. I am not optimistic at all. Even if the United States kind of gets its internal act together, we cannot let the world just drift. And when you talk about countries such as Libya or Jordan, where there are thousands of refugees sitting there, once these, this virus hits some of the developing countries, going to be a mass killing field. So I am not at all sanguine. And the solution to this is for the United States to throw off the rhetoric and start leading again like we did in the Second World War. Dick, with the, uh, the vacuum created as the U.S. has become more inwardly focused, we're seeing other countries, principally China and Russia to, to a lesser extent, projecting a stronger image around the globe as being perhaps more capable of providing relief and services and knowledge and materials to other countries. Uh, any, any observations you might have along that line? Are we seeing a, a reordering of, of you know, the global leadership here? And, and if so, is this long term? I think we're in the middle of a kind of a musical chairs scenario that people are, are dancing around and they're, they're trying to figure out where to sit and what to do and how to get it done. And in that sense, there's a reordering. But as, as uh, John mentioned early on, you know, when the Germans refused to sell things to the Swiss, wait a minute, what is going on? When, when we're competing with our allies for scarce resources, rather than mobilizing the economic might of the United States to produce those resources, I think we're doing the wrong kind of thing. Um, this is, this is a, Pat and I are gonna have this discussion every Tuesday and we're gonna call it global engagement. And part of our target on this is for students who are maybe sitting home and need a kind of an international fix here. What's going on in the world besides you know, COVID-19? And we'll focus on a lot of these other issues, but I can foresee places in the world where there's gonna be a breakdown in law and order, where strong men are going to come out and take over democratic institutions, where in certain areas of the world, there'll be real food shortages, which will lead to other mass, mass refugee movements. And we're in for a very long troubled time, I fear. Yeah, and I think also you're going to, and you're also going to see, I think, uh, a change in how we do business. So, you know, the, the, the days of the extended uh, supply chains that you know really span the whole globe. I think you're already starting to see those uh, start to change and start to shorten up um, and get closer to home. 
I think you'll see uh, if, if, if the smart companies will also start to build some redundancy in, but all of that then becomes more expensive to manage and administer, which means then we're going to have to pay more for our, you know, the days of the, you know, the, the, the really cheap socks and shirts and things like that, I think are over. Um, so it's going to be, and, and I agree with someone else said about this, you're really going to start to see a change in who people look to for that leadership. And, and, and unless it changes here in the United States, it's not going to be us. And I, I've talked about this, I think, in some of our other programs, how the United States is actually incentivizing the rest of the world to look elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and that that has real long-term implications for our ability to project um, our laws multilaterally, you know, out there so I can enforce, say, for example, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act globally, or I can enforce some of our sanction programs because of everyone's reliance on the U.S. dollar. But I think these things are going to start to change, and, and this may be the final kick to get people to really say, I can't trust them anymore. I'm going to do it with somebody else, or I'm going to do it on my own. Well, John, you, you talked about supply chains, and, and I think there's going to be a strong push. Uh, the other day, uh, Mr. McCarthy, the uh, Republican House leader, tweeted that uh, he was committed to pushing through legislation that would address America's dependence on especially Chinese supply chains for vital goods. So I think there's going to be, uh, you know, pull, pulling up the drawbridge and, and a move to uh, – to uh, shun uh, what what had been a, a more interconnected uh, global society. If, if I could just uh, tag on to what uh, Dick said about uh, the lesser developed countries, I think in the uh, the summer as we see the pandemic uh, spread to the Southern hemisphere, um, I, I agree with Dick that there's gonna be significant problems in the, uh, the lesser developed countries. We're also seeing it in the, uh, the Western world. The European Union is squabbling uh, among itself. Italy, France, and Spain had asked uh, the other European Union countries uh, to join together for uh, various measures to fight the pandemic. And the Germans and some others said, no, we're, we're not uh, ready for multilateralism in dealing with the pandemic at this point. So uh, I, I agree with Dick and John that uh, it's, a, it's a rough road ahead for globalization and for America's leadership in the world. John, that, let me jump back in because this to me, uh, American leadership really is indispensable if we want to live in a world like the world we have lived in for the last 50 some years. Um, and you can see it, there's, there's American leadership externally projecting outwards for the rest of the world, but there's also American leadership or federal leadership projecting inwardly. What we have now inwardly in the United States is each state basically competing against each other for scarce resources. There's a lack of focus from the federal level that comes out and saying, how do we pull all this together so that we're all in this together and manage this in a way that makes sense. So it's this paucity of leadership, both internally and externally, that I think is going to take us down a road that's going to be a very difficult one. And frankly, we don't know where it's going to end. Yeah, and I can't imagine that. And I can't imagine that's what most Americans really want. I mean, I think they want a strong America. They want an America that uh, is able to project itself, uh, you know, around the world because it does. I think someone mentioned it does that serve our right, our interests. But it is. I'm working on right now. A, we're building a supply chain to bring in um, COVID-19 related healthcare products, 
And I, I've been amazed at the, the group I'm working with. They're dealing with all these different states, and it's just the, the level of competition is – I mean, it, it's, it's almost uh, – oh, I can't think of the book that we read as kids in high school, but uh, – um, I can't remember it now, but but you know where everyone's going at each other, and and I and, and that to me is not the America that I really always thought we had. As a Lord kid, I flies, just remember John. if there was Lord of the Flies. That's it. I couldn't think of it. Um, but but if you if you remember, I mean, as a kid, when there was a crisis, I always got the sense that they they put politics aside, the Absolutely. government got together, and then they they marshaled resources and, and whether it was money and people and innovation and whatever it took, and and that and that, that gave me comfort. And I John, just don't think we see that today. Five or, five or ten years ago, if someone had told me that there was going to be a global pandemic and this was become a, become a wedge issue in the United States as we use internal politics to fracture our response to that, I would say you're crazy. Americans, we'll pull together. We'll make this happen. Politics stops when we're threatened, but it hasn't, yep. unfortunately, this time. Yeah, and I, and I think you're going to really see it on this fourth stimulus bill too. You know, think the first few, let's get everything together. But I think this next one is going to be the where you're going to see a real challenge. Uh, you know, getting something done. Well, as we move forward, obviously the pandemic is with us now, and and hopefully there's an end uh, not too far away for this. Um, you know, we'll have plenty to talk about in, in the effect of this. You know, obviously, there's, there's health issues. I mean, to me, I would think that it'd be fairly easy for people to agree that we need to have a better international system of knowing about potential pandemics or early warnings for pandemics and have a system where people trust the information and it's in everyone's interest to share it. I mean, there, there's nobody benefits from withholding that type of information. Um, and I think that's something we, the world needs to, to create. And whether we have the existing institutions that can do that now or whether we need something else, um, I, I don't know. But obviously the financial ramifications are enormous. I think the political ramifications are enormous. Uh, culturally, what does it mean for travel? What does it mean for um, uh, how, uh, how we move forward as a great diverse country? Um, these issues will, um, I think, uh, be discussed uh, constantly in the, in the weeks ahead. And I think the World Affairs Council has a role to play in that. And I certainly uh, would encourage you all to continue to think about them and contribute your, your viewpoints to them. Does anyone have any uh, last points they want to make uh, today? Well, Carl, I, I would just add that uh, we're seeing uh, kind of a fast motion uh, example of what is going to happen in the world when we truly get to uh, an existential threat like climate change. You know, that's been kind of a slow roll for 15, 20, 30 years. People have been warning about it since the 1990s, uh, but we're, we're looking at uh, projections that as, as of 2030, uh, we're gonna be uh, past, the, past the peak. Uh, so I, I would just encourage people to get uh, uh, knowledgeable about these issues. And, and as we get into a, uh, a political year of, uh, of voting for our representatives, understand what the issues are and, and uh, hold people to task who are uh, gonna be in positions of leadership. Can I just throw back in uh, the programs we've got? We're, we're moving into the Zoom world, which we've done today for the first time. I think we'll all get better at it as we do it more often. Uh, but there will be three different programs that the World Affairs Council of Tennessee is putting together. And the first one is this global Nashville with Carl Dean. It is scheduled to be on every other week 
uh, and there will be different panel members that will be on, but Carl will be the principal lead on this one. And then when Carl's program is not on the alternate weeks, there will be Global Dialogue, which is a follow-on to the World Affairs Council's person-on-person -person things. Basically, Pat host Pat Ryan will have a individual or more than one maybe in some cases to discuss particularly focused issues and finally on tuesdays at two o'clock in the afternoon pat and i will be discussing and taking questions and discuss and answering those questions from the audience on what else is going on in the world besides COVID 19 or what's going on because COVID 19 is making it happen so those three things are coming up and we hope you'll Tune in and join us, and if you have any questions, you can go to the website, tnwac.org, and find answers. Great. And just to, to build on that a little bit, I would certainly encourage everyone to reach out to their network of family and friends if you find this to be of value and of interest, because we, we really would like to extend our reach out to all the residents of Tennessee everybody uh, has a better understanding of what's happening on a global base basis and how it's impacting us here at home. Well, thank you all. Um, and that is it for our inaugural Global National Program. Uh, we hope you find this program and other World Affairs Council online events to be interesting and fulfilling and, and hope we meet our aim of connecting you to the world. Uh, please sign up for the newsletter at tnwac.org and please invite your friends to do so as well. Um, we will get through this. I you know there will be, um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but when we exactly get there, I don't know, but uh, be optimistic and uh, take care of yourself. And I'm Carl Dean and this has been uh, Global Nashville. Thank you for watching.